Hey there, I want to invite you to join me for the Strategic Summer Workshop, which is taking place on Thursday, May 30th at 1130 Eastern. You can go to schoolsofexcellence.com slash summer to sign up. In this workshop, I'm going to walk you through how to identify simple solutions and systems that will make a massive difference and ripple effect inside of your center. I'm going to help you create efficiency where you need it most and understand what is causing your school to feel so hectic and where those big pain points are. We're going to clarify your center's priority system to improve this summer. I'm going to show you how to audit those systems. We're going to define your desired outcomes, and you're going to leave the workshop with a simple plan that will make huge impact. And by simple, I mean very simple. No complex, no multi-step processes. Super, super simple. No one has time for long things. No one has brain capacity for extra stuff. We need simple things that have massive impact. Go to schoolsofexcellence.com slash summer, and I'll see you there. Welcome to the Schools of Excellence podcast. I'm Khani Walshansky, your host, and this is my new exclusive series, Ordinary Moments Create Extraordinary Results. This is where I interview school leaders to share the real, the raw, and the messiness of what it takes to build and sustain a school of excellence. These stories highlight the transformation that's possible and an invitation to my upcoming event, the Summit of Excellence. As the world continues to be volatile, uncertain, and ambiguous, leaders continue to hunt for ways to build culture, hire and retain staff, and create profit and legacy within their center. The need to come together in person has never been greater. This event is for owners, directors, executives, high-level mentor teachers, VP of operations, and truly anyone that is on the leadership team and a stakeholder in the education of the children. This event is a co-creation experience that is highly focused on building your network and your skill set so you continue to learn how to lead within this climate and environment. We have a super high focus on experience and luxury, and we're excited for you to get to connect with other like-minded leaders. By listening into this series of Ordinary Moments, I hope that you walk away with true insights into what it takes to lead an extraordinary center. Welcome to Ordinary Moments Create Extraordinary Results. The real and imperfect routines and systems that build schools of excellence. This episode is going to shake the very foundation of a lot of beliefs that many school leaders have. Today, I'm talking to a longtime client who's become a dear friend over the last several years, Sharon Hobson. Sharon is the owner of La Bella Vita Montessori in Omaha, Nebraska. And Sharon and I met in late 2018. And since then, we've worked together, collaborated on many projects, and I've had the privilege of being part of her journey over many different phases of leadership. Today's conversation is. When is enough enough? We really talk about the transition to owning your legendary status as a leader. We talk about the need for instant gratification versus understanding how to really play the long game in life. 
Sharon shares some really personal stories of the power of delayed gratification and how that's helped her play a bigger game in her company. She talks about micro wins and how she's learned to celebrate small moments. Sharon is someone who has gone so deep with so much depth and with the questions that she asks, the time that she takes to get to the root of the problem, the shift that she's made from seeking hacks and tricks to really understanding how to ask deeper questions. For me, some of the biggest takeaways were at the root towards the end of our conversation where she shares some reflective questions. And what I want you to think about as we go through this dialogue is ask yourself again and again, when is enough enough? When do you decide that you're enough, that it's enough, and you're ready to play bigger and deeper and connect more and build deeper relationships that truly fulfill you? This conversation is really enlightening for someone who's ready for that next stage of growth. So I hope you enjoy this conversation with Sharon Hobson. In a world where people are seeking instant gratification, wanting to massage their egos as quickly as possible, quiet their imposter tell the kind of quiet demons in their mind, I am enough, I am good enough. We're seeking all the different instant rushes to quiet and placate our minds and our souls. And what that has turned into is into the race to nowhere, the rush to be busy, the constant aversion or pushing away of playing a long-term game. And this episode is really all about embracing the mindset of the long game and delayed gratification. So I want to kick off this conversation with how do you define instant gratification versus delayed gratification from the lens of a school leader? At now in the season that I'm in, like instant gratification can look very different probably than other people's instant gratification. Mine is just getting that parent that comes up to you and tells you how amazing a teacher is or tells you that an event that you've had year after year after year, they just can't imagine not having it. And it's so wonderful. And they're so excited to be there, even though they've been there maybe and done it for five years, (laughs) yet they're still coming back to you. Those for me are my instant gratifications or maybe as a teacher coming and just talking about again, once again, of how much of a support system that she has um, or he has in the school. Those are my instant gratifications. They're smaller, but they bring me so much joy. Delayed gratification for me are those bigger things that I'm working on. The bringing out just an idea to someone, maybe a teacher or one of my admin, and we start to mull it over. Part of that delayed gratification is being able to sit in the quiet and being able to reflect on it and say to myself, how would this look? How would this feel? Who would be involved? And really going over 
many, many things before kind of like pulling that trigger and actually doing something. And then again, it's something that's going to take time and that I know at some point will transpire and will be really great. So you show up with a certain kind of conviction in really trusting that it's okay to go slow. It's okay to have a longer conversation. It's okay to not pull the trigger immediately. It's okay to loop back and have the dialogue. You don't operate from a sense of urgency and scarcity and now and now and more and more. And I want to take the audience and all the listeners back to a time. Do you remember a time when you did operate in this kind of forensic um, motion? And what were some of the transition points to bring you to this place of such equanimity and balance and you operate from a place of benevolence and generosity for the team? Absolutely, I've been there. And I can't say that I'm never there now, Okay, right? Like we all feel it. We all feel that all of a sudden we get caught up in something and we're like, ooh, I, I want to do this. I want to do this. I want to do this. But like you're saying, it's it's the self-talk in my head of what I have to do to bring myself back. Yeah. And so definitely years ago, I think it was, you know, more of even being almost in that fight or flight mode and always feeling I like I wasn't sure what I wanted. And that's where I was actually going out there and just trying to get this and get that and see what that was like. And how does that make me feel? And what's that going to do for these people? And oh, I got to make them happy. Oh, but I got to be happy too. And it was kind of this definitely frenzied mode. Yeah. This loop of just, just I don't even, hysteria maybe. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. and so, yeah. you know, obviously joining with you has helped me over the years. Having someone that has already that mindset and already can help to start bringing you and help slowing you down has also really helped me in slowing my own mind down. But I had to start looking at what I wanted overall, mm -hmm. right? We had to have the bigger goals. We had to have the vision. And once I started realizing that I, I really needed a vision, then I was able to start putting everything through that lens. And once I was able to do that, I started to be able to back off that some of these things that I thought I really wanted to do and what I thought was going to bring me this instant gratification were really just more work. They weren't really bringing me instant gratification, me personally. They might have been bringing other people some gratification, but it wasn't necessarily bringing me gratification. But I will also say on that, on that piece, when we need, have that need for that instant gratification, we're also often hurting our teachers because we are expecting more of them mm -hmm. and we're putting more and more on them and then wondering why they're also in a frenzy. So we yeah. also have to be that role model for who we're working with to slow down. And once we can slow down, mostly our teams will slow down also. I want to talk a little bit about some of the 
I don't know if I call them root causes because again, there's people that struggle with these things that I'm going to share, but still operate from a different place. But some of the common places that this frenzic, rushed, instant gratification comes from is the scarcity around, I don't have enough kids. My center isn't full yet. I'm not fully staffed. And so there's almost this self-inflicting chains that I see owners put on themselves where until I get to this place, I am not allowed to slow down, to take a breath, to pause, to breathe, to think. I have to run on this treadmill to nowhere until I have all these things. And I think there is some validity to the scarcity feeling around, am I going to pay the bills? Can I pay the mortgage? Am I going to cover the electricity bill this month? There's so much of that. And I know we've all been there at some point, right? It's almost this rite of passage. How did you work through those feelings without a for like this frantic craziness? Like, how did you work through? Because again, like you were saying, there's always going to be seasons of stress and anxiety. Maybe it's not about am I paying the bill because you have you've built enough cushion to always pay bills, but it's about other things, right? And that's where you have to unshackle yourself. Now it's about I can't pay the bills, so I can't do this. Then it's about I'm not fully enrolled, so I have to do it. Then it's about other things. It's it doesn't end. No, it doesn't end. <laughs> let's let's yeah. really break this. We need to shatter this myth that it's it's almost like we keep pushing the end goal away. Like when this ha- then finally I can rest. No, rest today. Let's talk about that. I guess I would ask the listeners to ask themselves, when is enough? Oh, yes. When is just what you're doing now really great? Mm -hmm. And later can be great too Mm -hmm. (laughs) with something different later on. But right now, what is great and what is good enough for you? And yeah, when is it enough to just sit in that? A lot of people can't just sit and not even talk, <laughs> right? Their minds are going so fast. And and I would say, you know, mind goes quickly also. Sure. But then write those things down. I'm yeah. always thinking of new ideas. There's always projects that I can stick in somewhere. Sure. Always, always, always but you just write them down. And I guess also I I have a good admin team that will help me to slow down sometimes also. That's why it's good to have someone and to share with them of, you know, this is, this is part of me as part of a CEO. I'm a visionary. I want all these things and you should never stop, you know, like thinking, right. Like, and, and having visions of things, but you need to write those down. And And then pick and choose what is really going to be best for your school. It was hard making a transition, I'll say, because, you know, in my early years, I did. I felt like everything had to be done. You know, we needed new this. We needed more staff. We were getting more children. You know, then it gave us more money. Then what do we do with the extra money? And, you know, so it's that vicious cycle again. You know, but I've worked on it for quite some time of, just starting to slow down. And, you know, during 2020, when most of the childcare industry was bottoming out, it didn't mean I wasn't scared. It didn't mean I didn't have my moment of, holy crap, what am I going to do? But then I then looked for, I just said, I slowed down and said, I can't control this. 
And so now I just have to think differently because these things aren't going to happen right now. So I then looked at what, again, what were my long-term plans? And, you know, we picked a couple of projects and said, these are going to be the things that we do. And this is our vision. And we weren't constantly just like, how can I get more children? How can I do this? How can I do this? You know, it was looking at other things and the children came back because again, we didn't have control of that. We didn't know when that would happen. We didn't charge ourselves up and get really ramped during 2020. I mean, it's a classic like serenity prayer, right? That's from the, you know, God, give me the, me the, the grace serenity. To, right? Yeah. And I think I want to go back to the point that you said just a couple moments ago, when is enough enough? And for those of you that are listening, there's enough is never enough if you're don't feel like you're enough. And the moment you can stand in your own conviction that you are enough and what you're doing is enough, that is when you truly put on the giant brakes and say, okay, what I'm doing is enough. And now let me get to play. What new projects do I want to do? How do I want to show up in the world? What is the energy I want to give? Where do I want to put my energy? So I just, I really appreciate that question, Sharon, because I think that really ties so much into the instant gratification where we're seeking this gratification because we're like, well, if I do more than am I enough, if I hit this goal, maybe I'll, maybe then I'll feel like enough, but it's, it's a bottomless pit right? You, you never get off of that because you constantly seek it more and more and more and more. And so it's, it just, it never ends. I think that also that's part of what people perceive to be a CEO. Oh yeah. That if I'm not always doing, then I'm not producing. Sure. And as a CEO, I must do this because how will everyone know what to do and what my value is. And am I exactly, am I good? Exactly. Yeah. And so I think that's also where we have to relook at what is a CEO and, and a CEO over time. Mm. You're always going to be the CEO. (laughs) You have plenty of time to do things, but yes, you have to stop and say to yourself, because I am the CEO, I do get to pause and go and do this. I do get to have these days and go and do something for me. So I think it's somewhat of redefining to ourselves what is a CEO of an early childhood center. And I think the definition is ever evolving. And that's what's scary for many. Our definition of a CEO in one season of life means something else. And as our lives <laughs> and things happen and God puts new things in front of us and new roadblocks and obstacles and opportunities, the definition evolves. And that's, we are the scarcity and the kind of fear or frenzy comes from where we're like, Hey, I was just getting comfortable over here and now I need to change again. Or, Hey, we just reached this level of equilibrium and now we have to change again, as opposed to looking at it, not, Hey, I just reached here and now I have to change again. No, this is part of the cycle. The cycle is that we're always changing. We're always evolving. We're always growing. I want to talk a little bit about the delayed gratification piece when it comes to hitting goals. 
I think in the beginning, when we get started in our businesses, um, when we get started being, you know, the childcare, whether you're a director or you're coaching directors or you're a VP of operations, executive regional, it it doesn't matter the title. It's when we enter this role, the automatic response is the imposter that is going to be there. The imposter never leaves because every time you get the imposter to be quiet, now you're in a new role and the imposter comes back again right? So it never goes away for good. The question is, do you develop the practice of how to tell him to be quiet, of how to quiet that mind and say, I am enough, I can step into this. So when we're in this beginning phase, we need a lot of wins right away, right away. So we choose projects that give us quick wins, right? That give us quick results. But if you want to stay in business for decades, you have to switch to playing the long game because you can't build a sustainable business on quick wins, quick wins, quick wins. So how did you start to make the transition to not needing instant gratification, but playing the long game? Well, for one, honey, I think that we actually can play the long game and still get some instant gratifications in there. Okay. Let's talk about that. Yeah. Because there are milestones all along the way. And if you start saying to yourself that this milestone, it's a celebration, you know, I've won (laughs) or whatever you might be thinking at that point, because you've hit that milestone. There could be a hundred milestones to get you to what your dream is, your vision, whatever that is at goal. But if you can look at all of these minor, minuscule steps along the way, you really can have instant wins if you perceive them as that, right? And you can celebrate. Your instant gratification doesn't have to be this like fireworks and explosion um, of, you know, glitter and all of that. So it, it can just be that you've hit the next milestone and it's a little mini celebration. Again, if and in, in, it can be one just for yourself, right? Not everyone needs to know about it. It doesn't need to be the production and show it, you know. And so for me, it, I think that's kind of what where my mind started changing was that I did. I kind of felt like my wins and all of that had to be big, that instant gratification. And then I started saying, I can't keep up that pace for one. And at at one point, I'm sure we've all as the CEOs been where it's only us. (laughs) And how long can you sustain? You don't have directors. You're just running it all. So, yes, it did help as I got a little bit more help also to take some things off my plate. But but my mind had to start saying I have to start using these these little wins as my instant gratification. And once I started being able to do that, too, um, that kept fueling me towards my end goal, each step I take. My goal right now that I have, it's taking two years. It's really taken a lot more years than that because I've been thinking and developing over the years, but coming into fruition now, it's a two-year plan. That's a long time to think that my instant or my gratification, my big one is going to be down the road, but I'm using every single little milestone as... I got that done. Yay. I did it. (laughs) 
So this is so powerful, right? Because that's the power of the celebration and the feedback loops, right? Where we're closing those feedback loops that, that we're winning. One of the things that you and I had chatted about when you came to the Legacy Mastermind uh, here in Florida, one of the things we were talking about is closing the stress cycle, right? And closing the cycle for our teams, recognizing, hey, we just you know, crossed a big celebration. And then also the flip side saying, hey, we just walked through something really difficult and now we're on the other side of it, right? So it's it's both. It's the celebration of something amazing and it's also the celebration that we overcame this big challenge. I'm curious to hear in the beginning days or, you know, for some of the people that are listening, why don't we celebrate often? Why do we wait for the grand fireworks? Why don't we celebrate the small things? And then how did you shift to start celebrating those micro wins? Well, first of all, I think we don't even give ourselves time to celebrate anything. I mean, even we might have a big win, but we're on to the next big win and the next big time to celebrate. And because we always are feeling like we need to be in action and we need to be doing. Um, like I said about that CEO feeling like they just have to keep going and after their first or their next thing is done, then they have to go to the next thing. When you go so quickly, when I was saying that it, you don't give yourself time to sit in the quiet or to be calm, what I have found now that I can is that before I was not reflecting on anything. I really wasn't asking myself questions to be able to dig deeper, to really see what it was that I needed or what it was that my teachers needed or the admin staff. I wasn't getting to the root of a problem, right? A lot of times my things, I was just, my goals were just trying to mend the symptoms mm -hmm. and I wasn't really ever then getting to my end goal because I was missing all of these links. And once I started being able to sit in the quiet and reflect and really understand what was going on, asking myself those deeper questions, was I able to slow down and really start to get to the root of my problems or the things that were going on that I really needed to tackle? So I was giving myself all of these little micro wins and all of these celebrations and all of these things, but I sometimes I wasn't reflecting to be able to choose the right next project, if that makes sense. Yes, of course. So because I'll, I was I'll, just masking things. Yeah. So I'll explain. I'll explain a little bit deeper what Sharon's um, saying here is. What happens is is when you don't take the time to celebrate and you don't close feedback loops then you don't give yourself the data that you need to make informed decisions. And so you yes. make decisions based on what everyone else is doing or what the market is doing or what quote unquote best practice is. When really that has nothing to do with you, that best practice might be horrible practice for you based on where you live right. and what your current circumstances are. And so your practice that you've really adopted, Sharon, is the feedback loops give you the data to make the slow, informed, methodical decision. And you give yourself permission to sit in the data long enough 
to get to the root of the problem. The data that you're looking at isn't financial data where it's like, well, the numbers just say X, Y, and Z. So that's the story. The data that you're looking at is very complex. It's very nuanced. It's contextual to each human being. And you can't, people aren't spreadsheets, right? You can't put human beings on spreadsheets and make decisions. And that's where you need the time and white space and margin and energy to make those decisions. Yes. And when I started doing that, I still felt like I had those micro wins because I was like, oh my gosh, I cannot believe I'm finally, I've asked myself the right question where I might get on, you know, a quick call with one of my the owners that I know and friends with or the legacy. And I'm like, mm-hmm. Hey, what are your thoughts about this? And then, you know, they asked me a couple of questions. That's why community is so great here is because I can reach out to those people that I trust and that I know, and they could help me see things in a different way too. And so, yeah, again, it just gives us that time with that data. You're exactly right. How did you shift? And I'm curious if you've, I'm trying to remember because I, I don't remember you ever being like this, but I'm curious, maybe you were before before our lifetime started together. I find that many, many leaders are constantly seeking, I need the blueprint. I need the system. Give me the checklist. What's the next hack? What's the thing, right? Tell me the secret. And I don't remember you ever being like that. I feel like it was, well, what question should I ask? Or what can I reflect on? Are you looking for an in-person event to come together with other school leaders in person after the crazy few years that this has been? It's time to get together. And so I want to share with you information about the Summit of Excellence in Florida. At the live Summit of Excellence, we're going to be addressing issues of conflict, emotional intelligence, resilience, discernment, creating boundaries, regulating the emotions of our staff, and the challenges of interpersonal relationships and work. I say this all the time, what breaks businesses is not operations, financials, or systems. What breaks businesses is people. Every interaction with staff, children, and families has the opportunity to create connection and reframe negative feelings around conflict or drive a bigger wedge between everyone involved. You see, conflict is a big part of any healthy relationship. When two people come together every day, every week, every month, there are going to be moments of conflict. It's part of being human. And you're not gonna always have the same perspective as the other person. And so it's really imperative to learn the skills necessary to make conflict constructive, collaborative, and an opportunity for connection. So this year we are making this part of our hallmark and theme for this year's event because at the crux of your center, this is what's going to bring your school to that next level. When you're and your team have the right skills and practice them regularly, consistently, everyone's able to contribute to a culture where conflict is accepted, managed, and used as a catalyst for growth as well as a springboard for a culture of contribution. You see, staff need to understand how to build personal ownership and have scripts and tools to advocate for themselves. You want to build a team of leaders who adopt the practices of conflict management with self-awareness and emotional intelligence and understand how to create that positive impact on the entire organization. 
And so if you're interested in joining us at the Summit of Excellence, I encourage you to check out the link in the show notes, schoolsofexcellence.com slash summit for more information. This event is capped at 100 people. This is a curated, incredible, high star, five quality experience. And I'm looking forward to welcoming you and your teams. And so here's the thing. I don't think there's anything wrong with asking for the hack or the tip or the trick. I ask for hacks also all the time. What's a great podcast hack or how do I get more downloads or whatever it is. But then at a certain point, it's like you got to stop hunting for the, the hack or the quick thing and do the deep work. How do we make that transition as school leaders? I'm not so sure that we can do it by ourselves almost. Okay. I'm not saying that we can't, right? Because I mean, okay. some people probably can. Okay. I don't think I could. I listen to people prior, you know, prior to you, prior to hearing your thoughts on things. I did listen to other people about what they thought they're, you know, the the way to get there, right? The way to get to the top <laughs> and the way to make more money and fill your center and all of those things. But, you know, it was interesting because I listened to those. They were very you know, open and out there, right? Like fluid that you could just look it up on Google and you'd find people talking about all those things. Sure. And I thought that's what I needed, but that was never my mindset of why I opened a Montessori school. It was never to just fill it up, make more money and just keep rotating that, right? Children coming in. Repeat, recycle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But I think in my early years of, of doing this, that's what I thought. It was supposed to be, even though my mind was telling me something different. And then I just, I started listening to different voices. (laughs) They weren't just in my head, (laughs) I promise. (laughs) So, you know, but listening to people that thought about things differently, you were one of them. And you started asking questions, not to me personally, because you didn't even know me personally yet before I ever started listening to you. And, but you... You didn't ever talk about enrollment. You didn't talk about how to make money. You know, you talked about community. You talked about gratitude. You talked about all these other deeper issues and deeper things that I needed to think about. I'm like, yeah, that is really what I wanted to go towards. I just didn't realize how to do it. And so I hate to say it was kind of a fast transition for me because I hooked on to this of like, this is what I needed. I don't, I don't want to worry about finances and enrollment all the time. There has to be more to this. And so that's why I think too, it's, you know, the importance of all of that. It just, I had to be, because I was, I did. I early on, it was all the quick fixes and what could I do quick? And cause it was only me again. Right. And mm-hmm. anything I could do quickly was great. Yeah. Uh, Do you ever feel, because I see this sometimes also, where everything's going well, right? There's going to be people that are listening to this that are like, Mm -hmm. well, everything's going well, right? And then everyone has a different definition of going well. For most people, the definition of going well is I'm fully enrolled, I'm fully staffed, there are no issues being thrown on my plate on a daily basis, we're good, right? You always capitalize on those opportunities. You never sit in the boredom of like, well, everything's fine. So I'm good. I don't need community anymore. I don't need mentorship anymore. I don't need coaching anymore. I'm good. Why do you view it so differently? Why do you view the good, beautiful moments 
as opportunities as opposed to dead weight of like, okay, let me stop doing all these things because I'm all good now. No, <laughs> I don't think I <laughs> no, could ever see this isn't you. Yeah, this no, I just, I can't imagine yeah, yeah. not having a community of like-minded people to talk to. In fact, it's been in those moments that gives me the opportunity and time to reach out to more people, right? It, so yes, we might be okay and we're doing fine and things are running okay, but I still need people. I still need to talk to people. I need to dive deeper because inevitably I'm missing something. And when I say missing something, I'm saying missing in my, how deep I'm diving. There's, there's a question. Something, something is a question probably. There's Um, a layer deeper that you can go and you always, yes, absolutely is. And, you know, I'm sure that, you know, you've seen that transpire with me over the years of like, even, you know, even in the last few months, it's, there's not really been anything new on my plate. It's just, we're going along and, you know, we have our events and we have our things and whatever, you know, I have to say, you know, people might look at this and go, oh, well, Sharon, you've been doing this. You've had honey, you've had all of these things. You know what? I'm in the thick of it right now. We're down in enrollment. We haven't had someone apply for one of our positions for, I don't know, four or five months. Haven't even had an application and and we're down, but we're not going to let that get us down. Right. We just have to to figure out. And we understand, I, I, I know, I understand that the right person's going to come. I, I just want to interject that. for a second. You're, so you're yeah. down in enrollment and you have a position that hasn't been yeah. filled, right? But we have such a close relationship. I talk to you all the time and yet I didn't know yeah. that problem existed for you. Why? Right. Here's one of the reasons why is because you're not bringing that problem forward because you know how to solve it. You know oh, the yeah. rhythm that you have to go through. You know what you need to do. You're coming to community and mentorship and coaching for different reasons now, because you've built the muscles and the routines and the systems of how to do all of these things. And so now there's a different definition of what does it mean to get support? What does it mean to to go deeper? Yes. Yes. I come to community for different things now. Right. I don't need to ask community about my calendar. I don't need to ask community, you know, about those things. And everyone does at some point. I mean, that is a part of the whole journey. Yes. But, you know, but if you're sitting there saying to yourself, yeah, well, I don't have a problem with my calendar. I don't have a problem with gratitude. You know, my culture is pretty good. You know, my time isn't too bad. uh, And you have those four things under control. You think you're done. (laughs) And you so don't have it done. So um, those are just the four things we need to look at right away. Yeah. (laughs) You know, and, and get, but there's deeper diving into each of those areas constantly, constantly. So, and that's where, again, closing this loop here again is where the lead gratification comes from, right? Because now, now the gratitude is an instant. Now you're taking it a layer deeper. So you see the feedback loop, maybe six months later. Now, when you're working on energy management or time or culture or working on up-leveling the team to be better leaders, now it's not a two-week cycle. Now it's a 12-month, 18-month cycle. You spoke about 
you know, even though it's an 18 month cycle, you have these micro wins and these mile markers where you're constantly celebrating success as you go along. For the leader who's listening, who feels like, how will I ever get to a place like that? How will I ever get to a place where I'm enough, where I feel like I'm enough, where I feel like my school is enough, where I can take the time to pause and breathe? What is a little lifeline or something you can throw to the person who's listening that what you're sharing is not beyond anyone? Because I think you're a legendary leader. I, I don't think you have superpowers. I think you're an ordinary person who's delivering extraordinary results with a lot of patience. Thank you, for one, for saying that. You know, the thing is, is I think anyone could do that just today. Yeah. It is. It is about... For me, really, that mindset, I know we keep saying the word mindset, mindset, yeah. mindset, yeah. shift and change and all of that. But it is because if you don't ask yourself, what is going on? Why do I feel like I have to constantly have wins that I constantly have to have this or feel like, you know, someone is telling me something great about the school or I'm, you know, you know, I yeah, I can go a month without, don't shoot me here. I could go a month almost without seeing a parent <laughs> with, with my position now, but I don't need 10 parents telling me this month of how great of a school, because what I need is those parents telling the teachers <laughs> and I may never hear about it, but I need them telling the teachers. I don't need them telling me because I'm confident that I know that that's what our school is. And I think that I think self-talk is huge too. Okay. And that you have to s- start telling yourself every day that what's right now is great. What we're doing is really great. Or even if it's just good. I mean, good, good yeah. is good, right? I mean, yeah. I used to tell students when I taught uh, elementary school, um, and I, well, I told the parents is, you know, a parent would see a C on a child's uh, report card and like flip out. And I would say, but a C is average. A C is on grade level. So your child is doing fine. It's when they do more and a little bit above that it's the B and extremely above is the A. So are you sitting at a C? Because that means that's just where you need to be right in the moment. And then if you want to dig deeper and you want to get in more, that's when you start up leveling. So for me, that's a lot of looking at myself and asking lots of questions. And again, if you don't know those right questions, seek out community. Even if you're not in the inner circle, the legacy group, the owner's group, schools of excellence is a community (laughs) so that they can, you can come in there and ask questions and others that have been through it will help you. And so just even seeking that out is extremely important. How do you fuel yourself now? Because you're not getting fueled with the, oh, sharing your school is amazing, or the parents or the teachers. Like you're not getting all of that feedback loops and kind of dopamine rushes over there. We all need to be seen and heard and valued and appreciated. And so I would love for you to share for a a CEO that's playing at your level, how do you fuel yourself now? Because if we don't consciously choose new habits, we always go back to sabotage back there. Right. No. Right. Right. And I've done that too. So again, it's, 
I, I don't want people sitting here listening because, you know, honey, you usually, you know, you, you talk to people that have gone through it all. Yeah. And so I want people to understand that, like you yeah. said, I am a normal person. I have yes. gone through all of this and I will still continue to go through some of these Yeah. through my entire CEO lifetime. So yeah. Yeah. you will always go back a little to move forward a little. So I don't ever want anyone thinking of like, oh, it becomes this mindset. And then you just live in that for the rest of your life. It does not. I have to tell myself a lot of times of like, no, Sharon, you need to step back. You need to fuel yourself. Your energy is low. Sometimes it's my admin team saying, Sharon, go home. Don't come in today. <laughs> go do something. Yeah. So for me, the little things that I started to do, one of them is I have lots of pain in my, in my joints and my muscles and things. And so I now go for that. I, I do a massage every other week. For me, that's not just the self-care part. I mean, a lot of people would go, oh, that's self-care. That's yeah. For me, it's actually helping me control pain in my body to give me that energy back. So I'm doing it for a very purposeful reason. I've this year found out that I really want to do more things with my husband, that we had some time away and it was just amazing. And although we don't have little children at home, we have dogs at home that are my children and I hate putting them in the kennel, but we have to do that more often now. We've already decided and we have several more trips planned that I'm super excited about. And it's not, again, that's one of those things of, oh, we don't have the money. Oh, I don't want to spend the money on a trip. Oh, you know, like, you know, I don't want to take money from the business or whatever. Well, for one, who else takes money from the business? You're... <laughs> You should be taking it off the top, yeah. <laughs> but yeah. it doesn't have to be amazing, huge, massive trips, right? It, it can be little things. Those are the things that fuel me. I mean, even just, I got to tell you, me sitting in the quiet is what also fuels my energy because no TV, no anything. And just when sometimes my husband will say, I'm going to be home late from work. And I go, oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I love him. I love him. I want to see him, but I just want some quiet. I stay sometimes an hour or two after work Mm. and I do nothing. Yeah. Except just, I go hang out on my couch. (laughs) You know what I mean? Just because I need to refuel my energy. So however, it's some of the littlest things, but I, again, I had to say, no, this is, this is my time. I'm sorry, husband, you know, or whatever, or, you know, yeah. So I want to wrap up here with two, two final questions. Cause you know, the series is all about these ordinary moments, create extraordinary results. And I think many people have the flip side where they think extraordinary effort, extraordinary, whatever it is, right? Massive momentum is what creates this 10 X or creates all of this giant results that we're looking for. And I think when we're constantly seeking fireworks and extraordinary wins and giant momentum, we exhaust ourselves. We burn ourselves to the ground and we can't be in business forever or for the long game, wherever long we want to be, because we are putting too much effort into giant, giant, extraordinary things. And it takes a lot of discipline, self-awareness, and confidence 
to find joy in ordinary moments. Because those are the things that you can consistently get, right? We don't have fireworks every day, but ordinary moments are every day. So I'd love for you to share with us, what are some of the ordinary moments that bring you joy, that give you meaning, both in your personal and in your professional career? I would say, and some people would not say this, but I would say my one-on-ones with Mm -hmm. my staff. Mm-hmm. Is it is an ordinary moment. I mean, wow. we're sitting there for 30 minutes and we're, you know, we're chatting and we're, you know, doing things, but those bring me a lot of joy. Yeah. On top of that, then, and this has been happening a little bit more lately, is I'll stay later and I'll, you know, it'll be a quarter to six, 10 till six, and we're closing. And I'll just kind of hang out downstairs and Inevitably, one person stays behind. I never know who it'll be. Mm. And they stay behind just to chat. They just, a lot of my staff have, you know, the love language of, you know, spending time. And we just chat about anything. It's not, you you know, not always about work, of course. But I, it's me learning more about my teachers and the fact that they want to spend some time with me on a personal level, really brings me a ton of joy. I you could be doing it. 20 other things. Yeah. But again, it's the slowing down and spending time that brings me so much joy. And that has been happening a little bit more lately. And I've just really been fueled by those things. I would say for personally, you know, spending time with my mom, who is, who's bedridden, and my sister takes care of her. Just going and, and spending time there fuels me. I love one of my big projects, my projects in my head, you know, is only purchasing and buying from locally owned places. So I kind of, I find this little giggle in myself when I find a place that's locally owned and, you know, it's just kind of like this small place and I can go in and either sit down and have something to drink or eat or, you know, uh, shop. Those are the things that truly, I would say right now in my life. And again, they're just the simple ordinary things, but that's how I fuel myself and how they can be extraordinary. And I love the one thing about that, like visiting locally owned, I always make sure I, I ask for the owner and always try to chat it up a little bit with the owner and make a connection. Wow. And that energizes me yeah. because I love to hear their story. We know that that's a huge thing, right? What's a person's story? Oh my gosh. Those are huge. I think that's what enriches many people's lives is relationships, storytelling, the human connection. And we don't allow ourselves to do that in this forensic pace, to rush, to move faster, to do more, to accomplish more. And our lives are so beautiful because of the people that we meet, because of the stories that we hear, because of the stories that we get to tell. And that only happens. It happens deeper in person, in connection, eye to eye, when you're sitting across of someone. Those, I mean, those are the biggest connections that happen in those moments. So I want to end today's conversation with what is a reflective question or journal prompt that you can invite our listeners to step into after listening to today's conversation? Yeah, I kind of already used mine. No, (laughs) we can we can use that. I know Um, that that is a big one for me, though, would be, you know, 
what is your definition of enough? When, when will you meet that? And probably people would answer that never. I mean, if they're in a stage of not knowing, I guess I would just, I would really ask people to, to do more reflection. It's hard because you do, you have to be in a state of mind where you're able to just sit there and not think about the 50 other things you need to do, but what is going on in this moment and just write everything down that you can of about reflecting on a certain issue or it's not even even has to be a problem. It can be something that it could be the last thing that you celebrated. Right. And then you reflect upon how did that project go or how did this go? And could I have done anything differently? And it's hard because it's so different for each person. Right. That's what I think is different because we all need or want or have something different. But I think that's it. When is enough enough in your marriage, in your relationships, with your kids, in your financials, in your school, in every bucket of life? When is enough enough? And then, yes, you always want to go deeper, but that's different than operating from a place of not enoughness versus I want to go deeper. I want more. I want something more elevated. I want something richer. I want something more meaning. That's different than scarcity, frenzic, not enough all of that kind of stuff. So, and maybe part of it is that they write down that listing of what are those other things, right? Beyond finances, (laughs) you know, and children and staff, because I think that's where we deal from scarcity. No, what are those other things that you really want that would make you feel fuller, right? And make you feel that joy. I hope that you enjoyed this episode of Ordinary Moments and take a couple minutes to pause and self-reflect on how this really might impact you, your family, and the center. So I also want to share that the Summit of Excellence is very fast approaching. It's going to be held on March 1st and 2nd, 2022, right here in Florida. And sometimes we like to know what have some previous attendees shared? What is really going to be the impact on my center? What has the ROI been? How is it really taken into account leadership skills and long-term impact of culture and really creating profit and legacy within the organization? So take a listen into what some of our attendees have had to say about our past events. There is no other professional development for early childhood leaders anywhere that will cover what she covers. Do it, do it, do it. Even if if it's not really in your budget, try to make it in your budget. You need to do it. You have to. If you are in early ed and you are not even having a difficult time in your childhood center, your childcare center, just to get new ideas, to be innovative, um, to try new strategies, to um, you know apply standards. It's amazing. The Summit of Excellence is truly an experience for the school leader who wants to drive more impact in their community, be inspired by a network of peers, deliver high-quality care to the children, and build a team of leaders. So if you are even a little curious about this event, after all the stuff that you've been hearing about it, and you are looking to connect with someone and have a personal conversation, then we have some contact information for you right here in the show notes. You'll be able to connect with someone from my team or myself 
for you to understand more. Is the Summit of Excellence right for you? Is it right for your team? Is it right for your center? Sometimes we just need to have that conversation with someone to alleviate our concerns, to be able to ask those questions about how it makes sense for you. And I totally understand it, right? This event is capped at 100 people. It's a curated experience. We want to make sure that if you are the right fit, you're in this room and making sure that we're really creating this experience for you and for all the attendees that are going to join us. So if you'd like to connect with myself or the team, please click the link in the show notes for more contact information. And I look forward to connecting with you. If you are loving the Schools of Excellence podcast and have gotten any value out of it for your school, I would love if you can do two things for me. One, subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode. And two, can you please leave us a review? Reviews help other school leaders know that this is the place to learn how to build a school of excellence. And I would be so grateful if you can do that for us. Your help and support makes this show to be able to be listened by the thousands of other school leaders all around the world. Thanks so much for listening, for giving us your time and attention each and every week. And I appreciate that you have joined us. Hey there, I want to invite you to join me for the Strategic Summer Workshop on Thursday, May 30th at 1130 Eastern. You can click the link in the show notes or go to schoolsofexcellence.com slash summer. In this workshop, I'm going to walk you through how to optimize your already efficient systems or help you tweak some ones that need a little bit more tweaking to help you enter the 2024-2025 school year with ease, with success, and with calmness. Increase your profitability, reduce your expenses, and more than anything, just help you buy back some of your time. I look forward to seeing you there.